as we get ready to get into the Word of God, I just want to encourage you that God has all things under control. And as long as we maintain our confidence in Him, He will see us through every situation. We're going back into our series called Masterpiece in Progress. And we talked about how a masterpiece is anything that is done or made with superior or extraordinary skill. We also talked about how a masterpiece is something that is not uh, an instantaneous thing. It happens over time. And so as we look at, as we have looked at, our, our previous parts of the series, we were talking about how God is making us, how God is molding us, how God is using us and building us in order to cause us to be something that is to be admired by all those that are around us. And so we're going to go to Ephesians, the second chapter in the 10th verse. That's where our uh, foundational scripture is. And then we're going to just slip right on over to the third chapter, which is what we are going to look into for today. Ephesians, the second chapter, looking at the 10th verse. In the New Living Translation, it says this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so as we get ready to dive into this third chapter, I just want to remind you that this is God's plan, his process to make us what he desired for us to be. And it's the plan that he has had for us since long ago. Ephesians, the third chapter, starting at the first verse. And it says this. For this cause, this is the King James Version, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the disposition of the grace of God which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me... Who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, 
to the intent that now unto the principles, principalities and powers in the heavenly places shall be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the external purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in which we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what I want to focus on in this third chapter is the fact that God has revealed his mystery of his grace through the church. And we are called to make God's glorious riches known to others, sometimes even at a great personal cost. And so when we look through these 13, 14 lines of scripture, we see how Paul is setting up an understanding. A mystery is only a mystery until it is known. A mystery is only a mystery until it is known. And we call that process of knowing a revelation. Something's being revealed to us. And so Paul is bringing out the fact that this has been a mystery for so many centuries, so many years, so many generations. But now we are getting an understanding of what the mystery was and is. And for those of you that don't like to wait to the end of the story, I can give you the spoiler right now. The mystery was how was God going to reconcile everyone unto himself? How was he going to do that? We talked about before how the Jews were supposed to be the example for the rest of the world as a nation and they failed most miserably. So the revelation that Paul is bringing out is because he sent Jesus and because he sent Jesus, we found out last weekend that when Jesus was on the cross and he said, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. It says that the veil that separated the holy place from the holies of holies was ripped from the top down to the bottom as if God himself had reached in and tore the veil. So it was no longer the high priest that could only approach the holies of holies, but anybody that would come into the holy place could be in the presence of the holies of holies. And because of what Jesus did, it was not only made it just for the Jews alone, but it made it for all men. He died for all sin. He died for every sin that was committed by mankind. And he became the conduit. He became the reconciliation to God because of what he did on our and in our behalf. And the mystery was built up because everybody, you know, from generations, because folks were talking about uh, the law, folks were talking about the prophets, and it all came to a totality when Jesus died on the cross. Remember, Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the law. I came to fulfill the law. 
He came to provide closure to all the rules, to all the things that were said before time. He became everything to check all the blocks so that reconciliation could be done. And so this is Paul saying this revelation, the Jews are not a lesser person or the Gentiles are not a lesser person because the Jews were God's chosen people. Because of what Jesus did, we are now, as he says in here, he says we are now fellow heirs. We, we are just on the same level. There's no Jews above Gentiles or none of that other stuff. We are all equal in God's eyes because of what Jesus has done for us. And because of this, we can now come before God ourselves and we don't have to go through a lamb. We don't have to go through a bull. We don't have to go through any of those things. We can come because Jesus was the sacrifice that provided us access to the Father. So anyone that accepts Christ into their lives has access to the Father most directly. They don't have to go through another person. They don't, the Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man. And that is Jesus Christ. So you don't have to go through anybody else any longer. You don't have to go to the temple and, and, and wait for the high priest to go behind the, uh, the veil into the holies of holies. Because God has already taken care of that. And he has established that from when Christ died all the way forward. So then we see this, that in, in verse number 10, he says, Paul says that the wisdom of God is manifold, which means it's diverse. That means it's large. That means it has a lot of facets. I don't know if any of you have ever seen a diamond, but when a diamond first is, is uh, found, it doesn't look like it is after it has had some work done to it. In fact, the diamond just looks kind of like a rock. And then what they do is they take it to a professional and he knows exactly how to cut it so that all the facets of the diamond can come forth. And I used to, when we used to do uh, marriage counseling, one of the things I used to tell folks is that I look at my, my spouse, Miss Yolanda, as a diamond. And if you've ever held a diamond, not inside a ring, but a diamond in your hand, as you turn it, as you look at it differently, you discover that it has different prisms inside of it. And that's the same way God is. As we go through different things, he shows us different aspects of himself. He reveals things about him that we never thought possible. Speaking of which, next week, that's what I'm going to be talking about, about God's possibilities in our lives. So you might want to check it out next week. But to get back onto this, though, he is revealing how many facets, how diverse he is, how you can just look at him all these different ways. And every way that you look at him, he's there for you. He's available for you. And he will do what is necessary for you to achieve godly success. And so as we dive into this and as we look at this we see how Paul says that he is intent this is God's total intention for us today 
His total intention is to reveal his wisdom, his kingdom through the church. Now, we're not talking about the building. We're talking about those that have accepted Christ into their lives and are now kingdom citizens. And he reveals his wisdom through his individual people that represent his kingdom. God's wisdom is kind of contrary to how we think. Because God's wisdom says you're in a crisis and you still have peace. Man's wisdom is you're in a crisis, you should be depressed. You should be having anguish. God's wisdom, God's kingdom's mentality is when you're going through various situations that you have joy because you know that God has you and that he's going to create an environment by which you are going to be shown successful and he's going to be glorified. Again, man's thing is depression, give up, don't put any effort into it. So there's a difference that we should be seeing from the church than we are seeing in man. Because we already know that greater is he that's in us, which is Christ Jesus, than any situation going, in, going on throughout the world. So with that in mind, our perception is different. Our conduct is different. Now, I want to say that we still show wisdom in everything that we say and that we do. We still conduct ourselves not as somebody that's superior to anyone else because we have a certain level of knowledge, but we humble ourselves and our goal is to help others to gain the knowledge that we have. Now, I know some of y'all, y'all was those, I call them the front row students. You know, a lot of folks call them the teacher's pets and all that other stuff. I know some of y'all were those kind of students that, you know, y'all did everything for the teacher. And then some of us, we were the back of the room students. And then some of us, I call us the hallway students. Because as soon as we walked in, sometimes teachers say, you know what? I already know you're going to be disruptive. You just go ahead and stand in the hall. Now, you ain't got to raise your hand on any of those conditions. I'm just, I'm just pointing out the different, the different type of students. My point is, we, they, all those students had access to knowledge. Some in the front row would just get it and they weren't concerned about who in the back got it. They just wanted to make sure that they got it. Then you had some that were in the back that they tried to act like they wasn't, but they, had, they were getting the knowledge and they would share it with their friends. And then you had some that just really didn't care about having knowledge. And they would just do stuff to have to be out in the hall so they could go to the restroom and smoke their joints. And I'm not talking out of experience. I just need to clarify that. I know some of y'all laughing. I ain't talking out of experience. I'm just saying, I just know a guy that knows a guy. <laughs> so 
But we are responsible for taking this knowledge that we have of the goodness of God, the glorious uh, work that he has for us and giving it to other people. Now, today we can give it to them via uh, email. We have FaceTime. There's different ways. Now, you know, at God's house, we have what we call the instantaneous intentional outreach. And when someone talks about prayer, we talk about sending that person a text and saying, hey, I'm praying for you or calling that person and, and praying with them. That is what Paul's bringing out in here, that we are that example in the midst of everything being crazy. We are giving out hope. Because Jesus is the hope of glory. He is the hope of this glorious coming of God. And so. There may be some situations whereby as we're going forth to give out this hope to people that some folks will reject us and some folks will treat us wrong and, and, and you know, and try to buffet us and say, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, and, and all this other against us. And that sometimes can hurt our feelings. But our feelings do not dictate to us our beliefs. Oh, well, hold on. Let me let me wind that back just a bit. Our feelings should not dictate our beliefs because our feelings is a chemical reaction that lasts up to 90 seconds. And we should be able to, in 90 seconds, regain because we have been renewing our minds through the word and through prayer and know the direction that God has for us and have fellowship with other believers that have encouraged us to hold on to our kingdomship in heaven. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, I'm going to pray for everyone right now. And so if you're all sitting there with, with your family and your friends, or if you're sitting there by yourself, I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Because the second part of this chapter, the third chapter, is actually Paul making a proclamation over the people. And I want to make that proclamation over you right now. Please bow your heads. And it starts in the 14th verse through the 24th verse, 21st verse. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him that is able to do far more abundantly then all that we asked or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this word today. We have been chosen by God to be his representatives of hope to the rest of the world.